What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you were heavily involved in the world of pro wrestling this weekend. And if you weren't, I hope you found something absolutely fun to do as, yeah, December's here, the holiday season is here, and for all that has happened in 2020, you deserve to have a great holiday. So I hope you'll take full advantage of whatever the holidays may bring to you, certainly be safe, and if nothing else, binge watch pro wrestling, right? Absolutely. Hey, listen, thank you so much to everyone who has spent time with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We absolutely appreciate that. Thank you so much for those who are subscribed to our podcast as well. Uh, That is also greatly appreciated. Do us a favor. If you're not subscribed, click the subscribe button. If you are, leave us a comment and rate us on your preferred podcast platform. It makes all the difference in the world and allows people who currently aren't connected to us to get connected to us. So do that. And while you're doing that, share us with a friend and fellow pro wrestling fan. All right, so there's a lot to jump into. Let's start, of course, with this weekend's episode of SmackDown. Friday Night SmackDown drew in an average of 2.029 million viewers. That's up from last week's show, which was a hair under 2 million viewers. Long story short, it's a gain of about 42,000 viewers. Of course, Hour 1 started off at 2,053,000 viewers, and Hour 2 was 2,004,000 viewers. Again, kind of the big storyline coming out of SmackDown is all that's going on with Roman Reigns, the bloodline, his battles now with Kevin Owens, who's standing up to him. Um, Really intriguing things there going on in the world of SmackDown. But really, most of the pro wrestling world this weekend was talking about NXT TakeOver War Games. So let's just dive right into that. Of course, that took place this past Sunday from the Capitol Wrestling Center there in Orlando, Florida. Now, this was going to be interesting for a couple of reasons. NXT TakeOver War Games has never happened in front of a minimal audience. It's usually in a rather large arena. And so there was kind of a question as to how would the show look? How could they get both rings in there? Uh, How would they make this work? Well, the advantage that the NXT brand has over all other WWE brands right now is that the NXT brand specifically is the only one that plays to a live audience. The live audience isn't large and they do still have some Thunderdome-like qualities to them but there's nothing like performing in front of actual fans. Now, let's be reminded of this. AEW earlier this year was going to present their version of War Games, and it was supposed to happen as the country shut down. So they initially delayed it, postponed it, and now we don't know if it'll ever happen. Um, Maybe at some point when they're able to get some more fans back. But yeah, so they chose not to do that. But NXT has pushed on, and I've got to tell you, they gave us, again, two incredible War Games matches. And before I dive into those, I want to give you some other results. Now, I've given you about a day. 
So if you haven't watched, please know there's going to be spoilers, and uh, so be it. With that said, uh, some of the other matches outside of the War Games matches included Tommaso Ciampa defeating Timothy Thatcher, Dexter Loomis defeating Cameron Grimes in a strap match, and the North American Championship was on the line as Johnny Gargano regains the title by defeating Leon Ruff and Damian Priest in a triple threat match, making him the first ever three-time North American champion let me start there and say this by Johnny Gargano being the three-time North American champion it says to me that NXT is not solely a call-up brand now I've been saying that they're not a development brand for years now but the idea that people get quote-unquote called up from NXT to Raw or SmackDown um, is still something that is believed by some of the folks in the locker room, and you could make that argument when it comes down to paychecks, exposure, etc., etc. But let's be clear, NXT is a brand in and of itself that's doing incredible things in and of itself that doesn't require a call-up. And so uh, Johnny Gargano being certainly uh, the face of NXT TakeOver, he has been in more TakeOvers than anyone else, and now winning the North American Championship for a third time says a lot. Congratulations to Leo Ruff, who had basically a one-month title run, or maybe three, four weeks. And now the question's going to be, in my mind, what happens to Leon Ruff at this particular point? Is he still considered an elevated superstar or were they in the process of kind of elevating him before the title loss I don't know. We're obviously going to have to wait and see uh, tomorrow to see what that looks like. If Leon Ruff is even still in the title picture, all of these are real questions that have to be asked. But congratulations again to Johnny Gargano and another amazing match. And I'm intrigued to see who all of these folks are that are the ghost face as well, um, or the ghost faces, I should say. We found out one of them being Austin Theory. What a way to welcome him back into the fold and uh, to see what Austin Theory ends up doing you know he's had an interesting year uh, he started the year off in NXT by March he was at Wrestlemania ending up on the Raw roster for quite some time and then this summer came the speaking out movement where he was involved and that moved him to being taken off of television and now he's back in NXT so perhaps this could be the springboard for a 2021 run for Austin Theory being connected to Johnny Gargano is not a bad thing for him at all all right now let's dig into the war games matches themselves uh I always believe, well, I shouldn't say always, but certainly last year proved that the women's war games match tends to steal the show. And I think it did again with some different players, uh, but all in all, what a great showing from the women's war games match, which really was an incredible kickoff to the war games pay-per-view. Just a huge situation that saw Team Candice defeat Team Shotzi, um, and I, I was just impressed all the way around. Huge showing for Raquel Gonzalez, who uh, I think is now being taken seriously as a main event player in the women's division. Uh, she kind of got the same type of rub that Aria Ripley did in last year's War Games. I think Ripley was still impressive. Ripley and Gonzalez, they just have a natural rub rivalry that war games seems to just escalate and elevate uh, but let's be very clear 
Raquel Gonzalez pinning Io Shirai was a statement, a major statement, and you have to consider Raquel Gonzalez a contender for the NXT Women's Championship. There are also reports coming out of there that Candice LeRae has suffered a broken arm, um, and so we're still looking into that, but certainly we wish a very speedy recovery for Candice LeRae, who one can now make the argument um, has the most wins in a War Games match of any female in NXT history. Pretty impressive stuff, to say the least. On the men's side, uh, we saw the Undisputed Era defeat Team McAfee in an incredible match that went about an hour or so, and so many amazing moments. And I gotta say this, Pat McAfee, his second match ever is in War Games? Are you kidding me? You know, who can forget um, some of the crazier moments in war games history you know a steve mongo mcmichael in war games or remember when sid vicious um didn't execute the powerbomb correctly and nearly broke a man's neck um you know we've seen a lot of really wild moments for people who were inexperienced inside of war games uh but man pat mcafee is something very special and I think we're going to be talking about Pat McAfee uh, for many years to come because this is just absolutely impressive work that he's doing so congratulations to him again I'm really intrigued to see where NXT is going to go but one thing has proven true pandemic or no pandemic NXT is still the place to be and so major congratulations goes out again because NXT has pulled off something very, very special. Hanging out in all things WWE, congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. What a year they've had, right? And now they can enjoy and celebrate the welcoming of their brand new baby whose name is Rue. R-O-U-X. The baby was born uh, healthy and well, and that's all you can really ask for for a brand new baby. Of course, the world was shocked around May of this year when we found out that Becky Lynch was pregnant and that she was leaving the business for an undisclosed amount of time. Uh, we don't know whether or not and at the time that we found out, we didn't know how far along she was in terms of her pregnancy, but a very healthy baby, which they're really excited about. And I know some may be wondering, what does this mean for a potential return for Becky Lynch? I will simply say this. Obviously, we have no idea, but mothers love their babies. And there aren't very many mothers who say, take me back to work versus spend time with their new baby. So it may be a while before we see Becky Lynch back in the fold. Not sure how long it'll be before we see Seth Rollins back in the fold, but he certainly worked uh, for quite some time. And so this will all be very interesting, but congratulations to them both. Really exciting times uh, for both Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Let's take a look at things in the world of AEW as, of course, people are still spinning about all that happened last week on Dynamite, the debut of Sting, uh, Kenny Omega winning the world championship. And remember, tonight, Kenny Omega makes his debut as the AEW champion on Impact Wrestling. This is still monumental stuff. Uh, I will tell you that if you're interested in watching uh, Impact Wrestling tonight, you 
You can check it out, of course, on Access TV. If you don't have Access TV in your area, you can check it out on Twitch, on their Twitch channel. And I believe you can also check it out on their mobile app as well, the Impact Plus mobile app. They have an Impact Live feed. I'm not sure if that's going to include what happens on Impact tonight. But if it doesn't, those episodes do end up for free on the Impact app. So either way, find a way to check it out. I sense it'll likely be the highest rated and highest viewed episode of Impact Wrestling in a long, long time. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what that's going to mean and this great crossover success. Speaking of AEW, tomorrow night Sting will speak for the first time on AEW television and there are all sorts of stories out right now about Sting and his tenure in WWE. And one of those stories says that Sting offered Many options to WWE to be on television to help new folks, but Vince didn't go for it. Simply put, Vince McMahon did not see the value in Sting. And that causes us to raise a question that we've raised before, but it's worth raising again. Was Sting right? Is it true that Vince McMahon never knew what to do with Sting in WWE? I think the answer after looking at his run is yes. Sting entered WWE in 2014. That's six years, folks. He had one WrestleMania appearance against Triple H. He had one other match, which was a match for the WWE Championship against Seth Rollins, where he ultimately got injured and would retire the next year. We never got Sting versus Taker. We never got Sting versus, my God, Roman Reigns. We never got Sting versus a lot of folks. What could Sting have accomplished in WWE? We'll never know. But apparently Vince McMahon did not see the value in Sting. Makes me wonder what Sting will do in AEW. Now, I will say this. I think I said it before, but I'll say it again. Sting showing up in AEW felt like Sting coming home. And there's nothing as important as being in a place where you feel like it's home, a place that's going to provide value and worth to you, a place that sees the value in who you are. And believe it or not, Sting, even at age 61, has tremendous value. You actually have to remember that he's 61. You have to remember that it was 1988 when Sting had his epic match against the Nature Boy Ric Flair that really put him on the map in WCW. You have to do the math to remember that that was over 30 years ago because the same feeling you get when you saw Sting in 1988 is the feeling that you get when the lights go out and Sting shows up. There are very few people who garner that kind of reaction. We're talking Undertaker status, we're talking Austin status, we're talking, dare I say, even Hulk Hogan status, right? You're talking about an icon in this business. What will Sting say tomorrow night on AEW? That will be all sorts of must-see TV. I'll be tuned in. I hope you will as well. There's also a flyer floating around that's talking about a potential Sting-Chris Jericho match. That would be amazing. Um, I think here's the deal. I don't know that we're looking for a lot of matches from Sting. I do know we're looking for impact from Sting. And Sting is driven. 
So a driven sting is far different than just a sting who's just showing up uh, because he has nothing better to do. So this is going to be absolutely amazing. Before we go, want to remind you that this Friday night, SHW 22 takes place in Canton, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, and it's going to be a mammoth night. We end the year crowning a brand new SHW champion. Our champion, Joe Black, had to relinquish the championship due to injury, and so it's launched a 12-man tournament, uh, and it's going to happen like this. Six first-round matches, all of the winners will advance to the final match, which will be a six-person scramble. The winner of that walks away as the SHW champion. There is an incredible buzz here in Georgia and all around the pro wrestling world about what's going to happen this Friday night. I am excited to be a part. I'm excited to be calling the action. I hope you can make it to the action building because it's going to be an amazing night. Guaranteed a new champion. No clue which way this is going to go, but any of those guys can walk away as the new SHW champion. There's a simple way to find out. You can be there and get your tickets this Friday night at the Action Building. Tickets go on sale at 5. Bell time is at 8. Um, lots of people are going to show up. I can tell you that now. So hopefully you'll be in the house. If you won't be there, it will be taped for IWTV. It'll be on IWTV likely in the following week. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. There will be a new SHW champion crowned and we'll be there to crown the champion. Last thing before we go, that show is going to be my one year anniversary with Southern Honor. And I'm super excited about that. There's nothing better than being able to live the dream that some thought was impossible. I get to do it. And hopefully it inspires you to pursue whatever your dream is, no matter how unorthodox it seems to some people, you can get it done. Just keep pursuing it, all right? All right, with that said, we're gonna get out of here. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. Make plans to watch lots of wrestling, including Impact tonight. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. It's going to be incredible. Until next time, it's me and GB Gerard Bonner representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman John Murray. Collectively, we're known as the Faction. I need my people. Here we go.